Hello, hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Rated L for Lore. I am your host, Ashley Day, and I am very, very excited to officially start this journey with you guys. Before we begin, I would like to just point out that this episode will contain spoilers for the game I will be covering today. So just know you have been warned. For our very first episode, I figured it would be pretty fun to start off with a game that is not just extremely popular, but one that I am very, very, very passionate about. I've been interested in this game for so long, probably since the beginning of it, and I don't know why I'm saying game, it's a series or rather a franchise because we will be talking about things that aren't just from the games themselves, but also some books. Fun fact, actually, I even wrote about one of the games in this franchise as part of an analysis paper when I was in college. So if that doesn't show you that I'm a fan of these games, I don't know what else will. Also, just the fact that that whole paper was based around lore definitely wasn't foreshadowing for this podcast. <laughs> this franchise has an insane amount of lore that is all very convoluted, confusing, and rather difficult to follow unless you are willing to take the time to piece this all together. Luckily for you guys, I did just that. I guess you're all wondering which game franchise we are covering today, and for our very first episode, we are covering Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's has a pretty expansive universe covering six main games, one not-canon RPG game, a series of novels, a guidebook, and an activity book. The six main games consist of Five Nights at Freddy's, Five Nights at Freddy's 2, Five Nights at Freddy's 3, Five Nights at Freddy's 4, Five Nights at Freddy's Sister Location, and Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator, which also added on to Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator is the DLC Ultimate Custom Night. The book series consists of the Silver Eyes, the Twisted Ones, and the Fourth Closet. Then there is the Survival Log Book, which is the activity book, and then the Freddy Files, which is the guide book. Then that seventh game that exists is FNAF World, which is the RPG which Scott Cawthon himself, the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's, disregards from the canon. It is not canon. And also important to note, the book series are considered sort of canon, which basically means that the book series are a retelling of the event of the events from the main six games. As like a little prerequisite, important characters to know are the purple guy, which means William Afton, who we will be referring to as William Afton or William. The second purple guy, which is Michael Afton, William Afton's son, who will be referred to as Michael Afton or Michael. Then there is Henry, who is William Afton's business partner. There is the crying child, who is either Michael Afton or Michael Afton's younger brother, which we will discuss later on more in depth. And then there is Elizabeth Afton, William Afton's daughter. And I believe that covers the main people that we will be discussing. Um, if anyone else pops up, I'll mention them and explain a little bit. Also, the key events to keep in mind are the Bite of 83, the Bite of 87, 
and the missing children's incident. So those are like the three main events that the timeline goes around. I feel like much like this game franchise is very convoluted and difficult to comprehend and understand, so is this episode, but I'm trying to keep it simple. So, um, just note, right, also important to note, there are a few, th like, more minor details that I will probably be leaving out, so if there's anything you notice that's missing, it's just because it takes a lot of extra explaining and just does not add to the timeline that I am establishing establishing in this episode. So, as I have mentioned previously, this franchise was created by Scott Cawthon. And little fun fact is that Five Nights at Freddy's, the first game, was planned to be his final game after a series of failures. Much to his surprise, FNAF took off and has become a game with some of the most expansive highly debated and theorized lore out there, which actually is what got me interested in the game series as a whole. While some game mechanics change and vary throughout the different main games, the simple premise is the same. Your objective as the player is to survive the first five nights. There, there's usually also a sixth night that follows, that usually establishes, establishes some lore, and a customizable seventh night for the player to test their skills. See Markiplier, King of FNAF. So most of my information that I used for researching this whole series so I could establish a timeline for you guys to follow <laughs> along with me is from an article on, it's either usgamers.net or usgamers.net. I'm going to say usgamers.net, I guess, because I'm American trash, by Nadia Oxford. And another big part of my research comes from game theory channel on YouTube, aka MatPat. Both of them have established a timeline that has helped me to put piece together my own timeline. However, um, however, the two differ when it comes to the crying child, and I will kind of explain that more a little bit once it comes time in the timeline, and basically they both differ on who the crying child's identity is. So I will be giving you all the information that I have found and you guys can kind of piece together your own theory on who the crying child actually is and I will give you my opinion at the end of this episode. So without further ado, it's time to finally jump into the timeline. In these main games, you play as Michael Afton, a young man who is tortured by the knowledge of the atrocities his father, William Afton, has committed. He is a young man who is trying to undo the wrongs his father has done with the help of his father's business partner, Henry. Throughout the games, there are several different Freddy Fazbear locations to keep track of, many existing at the same time and all seem to be struck by accidents and tragedies involving their main clientele, which are children. While not much is explicitly said about these tragedies, it is known that many kids go missing or die at these different locations. The serial child murders are what ultimately seals the fate of many of these Fazbear establishments. The games use hidden newspaper clippings, Atari-styled mini-games, and cutscenes to hint that several children were killed at various restaurants and had their bodies hidden away inside animatronic suits in an employee-only safe room. So to really start out the timeline, we have to start with the missing children's incident at the first Freddy Fazbear's Pizza location. Freddy Fazbear's was created by William Afton and his business partner, Henry. 
Together, they started this chain of restaurants with their animatronic attractions for children as a place of fantasy and fun. The very first location was called Fredbear's Family Diner, and it can be assumed that the second location, Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, opened either at this very same time or shortly after. William Afton used a golden bonnie suit to lure children into the safe room in Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, where he would kill them and stuff their bodies into animatronic suits. So, to kind of give you an idea, if you have not played these games or know absolutely nothing about the lore of these games, the four there are four main animatronics. There is Freddy, the bear, there is Chica the chicken, there is Bonnie the bunny, and there is Foxy the fox. <laughs> there are also two other main ones that float around, which are the Golden Bonnie and Fred Bear, which is a Golden Freddy. So there are many different iterations of these four main characters, and there are a few other ones here and there, but they are less important, so we will not really be mentioning them until it is conductive to our timeline. So at this time, Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria had two golden suits, the Golden Freddy suit and the Golden Bonnie suit that I previously mentioned. So we know William's first victim was a girl named Susie, who later goes on to possess the Chica animatronic. We know Susie is first based on one of Chica Chica's audio clips in Ultimate Custom Nights stating explicitly that she was the first. We know that William lured Susie by telling her that her dog had been killed, which is evident by the Fruity Maze minigame in Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator, Chica's anime-styled cutscenes in Ultimate Custom Night, and in The Fourth Closet, which is the final novel in the book series. William's other victims from the missing children's incident include Gabriel, who we believe possesses Freddy, Fritz, who we believe possesses Foxy, Jeremy, which we believe possesses Bonnie, and Cassidy, who we believe possesses Golden Freddy. We can kind of infer this because of the tombstones in the Lore Keeper ending of Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator, and the identity of Golden Freddy being found by D Powerful One on the Game Theory subreddit from the Survival Logbook. After all these children go missing, the first Freddy Fazbear's Pizza retires the golden suits and then eventually closes. No longer having a hunting ground for murdering children, William Afton then opens a new restaurant called Circus Babies Pizza World with a whole new line of animatronics. So there is the titular character, Circus Baby or Baby. There is Ballora and her mini Renas. There is a Funtime Foxy and a Funtime Freddy who will become more important later. There's also Balloon Boy, JJ, and Dee Dee. However, on the opening day, William Afton's daughter, Elizabeth, goes up to Baby and is accidentally killed. So after day one, Circus Baby's Pizza World closes. Most of the animatronics that were specifically made for Circus Babies are set aside in an underground bunker, which we see later in Five Nights at Freddy's Sister location, while others, like Balloon Boy, are moved to the second Freddy Fazbear's Pizza for its grand reopening. After losing his daughter, William decides to keep a closer eye on his youngest son, the crying child, and put surveillance cameras in his room, as well as these things called illusion sound discs, which are first introduced in the Twisted Ones. Basically, these illusion sound di discs cause the crying child to have nightmares of the animatronics. Another reason the crying child could be having these nightmares is because he might have seen his sister die at the hands of Baby, which would explain why Nightmare Freddy has a mouth in his stomach, or 
he could have also possibly seen his father killing children or just, you know, his father in the golden bonnie suit stuffing other children into suits. Now, running parallel to all of this is Fred Bear's Family Diner, where it is speculated that William Afton worked as a suit technician at this time. This would be how the crying child would see his father murdering children. It is at this location where the bite of 83 occurs. So, on his birthday, the crying child's older brother puts his head into the animatronic's mouth, where it then bites down on his frontal lobe, leaving the crying child in a coma and eventually dying from his injuries, which subsequently causes Fredbear's family diner to close. Here's where we separate into our two different theories. So, Nadia Oxford from the article on usgamers.net speculates that the crying child is Michael Afton's younger brother and Michael Afton consumed by guilt and remorse for what he has done and guilt and a shame over what his father has done then goes on to kind of bring forth the end of his father's reign of terror which we will discuss later on in this timeline it's simple doesn't have a whole lot of things to it but then we have MatPat's theory, which is a bit more convoluted, but has some substantial evidence when you take the books into account as well. So MatPat speculates that Michael Afton is the crying child. And with this, the line at the end of Five Nights at Freddy's 4 of I will put you back together is being said by William to his son Michael. MatPat then theorizes that Michael Afton after this bite of 83, is a robot. Now, this seems pretty wild and out there, but it makes a bit more sense if you consider the books. So in the book series, the main character, Charlie, which is Henry's daughter, discovers that she herself is a robot, but unaware of it, because her father, Henry, after she is killed by William Afton, made four Charlie robots. A baby Charlie, a child Charlie, a teenage Charlie, and an adult Charlie, all with memory chips implanted to kind of have her grow up as a normal child. So taking this information into account, we can infer that this is how Michael Afton would be a robot without him knowing. This could also make sense of how Michael Afton survives being scooped in sister location and then how the only way for him to die is being burned in a fire, much like the other possessed animatronics, which we will also get into a little later on in the timeline. So that's kind of where the two different theories break apart in the timeline, but they do sync back up, so we will continue on with our timeline. So after the closing of Fred Bear's Family Diner, only the second Freddy Fazbear's Pizza remains open, which we will now refer to as Junior's, which would hopefully make sense of the Midnight Motorist little Easter egg where that orange guy is turned away at the door of Junior's, which I will now explain. Also, just in case you weren't aware, orange guy is purple guy number one, a.k.a. William Afton, <laughs> just to kind of clear up some confusion if there is any. So in an effort to stop William from murdering his daughter and other kids, Henry installs further security measures and prohibits William from entering the restaurant. One security measure is the toy animatronics who are supposed to be able to detect criminals and apprehend them. Another security measure is specifically meant to watch over Henry's daughter, which is the security puppet. Unfortunately, William is able to lure Henry's daughter outside and away from the security puppet, killing her behind the pizzeria. 
After her death, she possesses the puppet and begins to give gifts, give life to the other victims trapped inside animatronic suits so that they may live on through these animatronics where they can, you know, get up and move around and do their do their killing thing to you, the player. <laughs> However, Cassidy, who is inside the Golden Freddy suit, is unable to move around and get her revenge because the suit that she is trapped in is not an animatronic mode where she can wait that would enable her to move around it is in suit mode so she is forever trapped in a slumped over suit after killing henry's daughter william poses as a new security guard to once again gain access to the restaurant as he continues killing he angers the spirits trapped in trapped inside the suits causing them to attack anyone in a security uniform this is what then causes the bite of 87, which is the death of Jeremy, and gets Junior shut down. It's at this time where William's motivation changes and he becomes obsessed with becoming immortal. See, William starts to realize the power of souls and learns about Remnant, which the souls possess. He follows the now withered toy animatronics back to the location of the first Freddy Fazbear's Pizza and dismantles them to discover their power. This is shown in the Five in a Five Nights at Freddy's 3 cutscene, where he lures each animatronic back to the safe room one by one, dismantles them, and experiments on them. These experiments then lead to the creation of the Funtime animatronics from Sister Location. To make a bit more to make a bit more sense of how these Funtime animatronics were made, as well as entered ultimately, we can look at Candy Cadet's stories in Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator and and one particular excerpt from The Fourth Closet. It all revolves around this idea of putting five into one, like some of Candy Cadet's stories are uh, the mother melting five keys down to make one key to try to save five children, and the father sewing the five bodies as one to put into the one coffin and there's a third one about a cat and a snake that i'm not fully remembering right now off the top of my head but you get the idea it's putting five into one and this short excerpt from the fourth closet i feel describes how william is doing it the best so here is this excerpt from the fourth closet a single figure stood still amongst the chaos out of phase with the surroundings at first it seemed to be a man bent over a table, but as Carlton's head throbbed with waves of confusion, the man became a yellow rabbit, not standing over a table, but over five children, tied together as one. He knew exactly what he was looking at, the endoskeletons of the original Freddy's animatronics, welded and melted together, immobile and featureless, and still inhabited by the spirits of the children who had been murdered inside of them so many years ago, still filled with life and motion and thought, all trapped all in terrible pain. So basically what this is telling us is that William fuses and melts down the animatronics using and using the remnant he discovers within them he creates the Funtime animatronics and then ultimately entered. Since they were created with the remnant of the first five missing children the spirits inside are all just this confused and angry mess of spiritual energy not really themselves anymore. From here, William opens Circus Baby's Entertainment and Rental, which is the location we see in Sister Location. Here, William can continue his experiments and lure in more kids. The only thing he didn't count on was the children that he had murdered wanting their revenge. So in this original restaurant where he is experimenting 
on these different animatronics with the spirits of the children he murdered inside of them. The angry spirits corner him and force him to hide in the, the golden bonnie suit, which is a springlock suit that he once used to lure them away to murder them. In the suit, the springlocks simultaneously fail, nearly killing him, but he remains barely alive in the safe room of the old restaurant. The safe room is then sealed to prevent liability, as mentioned by the phone guy. I believe it's either the first or second game. i sorry, I don't know for sure. I did a lot of research, but I guess not enough. Um, it is presumably Henry that seals the safe room, trapping the barely alive William Afton inside. William is then locked inside the safe room until 2023 when Fazbear Frights opens, where the phone dude from that game discovers the safe room and unknowingly sets William now Springtrap loose again. Springtrap then haunts Fazbear Frights until it is an until it is eventually burned down, again presumably by Henry to stop William from continuing his murder spree. During all of this, Michael Afton, William's son, is searching for his dad for answers, which leads him to getting scooped in sister location and then helping Henry get all of the animatronics with all the spirits trapped inside into the one pizzeria for the events of Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator. So this final game in the series ends with Henry gathering all these animatronics, as I just stated, <laughs> in one building along with Michael and William Afton, burning the building to the ground to free all the children's spirits and condemning William to hell like he deserves. <laughs> it is important to note that the puppet did try to free the children's souls prior to this in FNAF 3, but failed because parts of their souls were in the Funtime animatronics. Their souls weren't whole anymore because William did his experiments. The only spirit that isn't released is the spirit inside Golden Freddy, Cassidy, who is still very vengeful. She traps William Afton in Purgatory, where he is forced to die over and over again at the hands of the creations, which is what Ultimate Custom Night is. So if you're playing Ultimate Custom Night, as you increase the difficulty on the different animatronics and do the different levels, you'll get these different, like, anime-styled cutscenes. There's Chica's School Days, which are just wild, and there's the whole Foxy versus... There's the whole Foxy versus Freddy in the samurai-styled ones. But if you beat the nearly impossible challenge which is facing all the animatronics. I forget at what level it is, but it's a pretty high level, or it's almost all 50 of them. It's nearly impossible to beat. So if you beat this nearly impossible challenge, you as the player are met with a pretty unsatisfactory ending. Pretty much Old Man Consequences, which is in FNAF World, so if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend watching some gameplay. I don't think you can play it anymore, but it is a trip of a game. But Old Man Consequences appears and says... Leave the demon to his demons, rest your own soul, there is nothing else. This is then followed by Golden Freddy twitching before the player's eyes before getting that congratulations of beating the nearly impossible challenge. So this message from Old Man Consequences is presumably Scott Cawthon to the spirit of Cassidy telling her to move on and be at rest and to let William Afton burn in hell and pay for his own sins. One evil man, an unwitting partner, a confused and betrayed son, and too many dead children. This is the tragic story of Five Nights at Freddy's. We may never know why William Afton started killing children, 
We may never know if the spirit of Cassidy will be at rest, but we may get more answers as the new Five Nights at Freddy's games come out like as planned, or even the movie if that ever happens. Though I have a feeling we'll be left with more questions and crazy plot points than answers as Scott Cawthon tends to do that the best. As for who the crying child is, I do believe he is William Afton. With Scott saying that the book's events are retelling of the events of the games, I don't believe that he would include such a out there plot device such as Charlie being a robot unknowingly if it didn't matter to the main canon games. Like, I understand that this whole series is pretty convoluted and confusing, but that just seems a little too much to just exist for the book's sake and not for the games. But, I don't know. I guess I can't really say for sure. No one really can except for Scott Cawthon himself. What do you think? What are some of your favorite theories for Five Nights at Freddy's? Feel free to let me know via the Facebook page at Rated L for Lore. You can you can interact with me on Instagram, also at Rated L for Lore, or you can interact with me on Twitter at four underscore lore. Or even feel free to leave some some suggestions. Send me some of your favorite gaming theories. It doesn't have to be about Five Nights at Freddy's. It can be about Oh, excuse me. Literally any game out there. Like I said in the trailer, no game is off limits here. So if you want to give me any suggestions, any feedback, feel free to even send in an email at ratedelforlore at gmail.com. I will gladly hear what you have to say. And if you enjoyed the very first episode of this podcast, please, please, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Trust me, that helps me out so, so much so I can make more episodes and keep this going because this is only episode one. I want to see where this podcast can take us together. Also, if you enjoyed our first episode, stay tuned for more. You can listen to the second episode now, so why not do that? (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I'm very happy to have you here, and I'm just so, so excited to keep trucking along on this journey with you guys. Again, my name is Ashley Day, and I will see you guys in the next episode.